Hello, welcome back to the Work Life Mindset Podcast. This is Chris, and I'm very, very grateful to have you tuning in today. What I'd like to dive into are the six things we all need to recover from. And this is a bit of a continuation from last week's episode. If you haven't listened to that, I'd go check it out because I really dive into this concept of psychological detachment from work, more specifically having a work shutdown routine and how to leave work at work so you can come home and be fully present, be with yourself and self-care, your loved ones, friends, family, whatever it is. Um, we really want to start setting up some some barriers and a big part of taking that time away is making sure you're being intentional to put some actions and some time toward recovery from these six different things I want to want to teach you about. And it's actually really powerful stuff. And when I first learned about this, it was kind of like a head slap, like, oh my gosh, yeah, why would I not think about <laughs> recovering from that? But the fact is, this information just isn't as readily available. I really wish they would teach all this stuff in schools. I know... Um, I probably would have lived with a lot less stress and anxiety in my life, but this is the path we're on and, and so be it. And you guys get to learn from my mistakes here. So here we go. Six things that everybody should recover from. And listen, it's, it's kind of should be no surprise that less than 1% of the people that are living according to the principles herein, like most people don't do this. But I'm really confident that if you apply these recovery principles to your life, you're going to live a more engaged a more meaningful and a much more productive life, okay? And listen, being busy and being productive are far from the same thing, right? Most people are just trying to do too much. They desire to keep up and that desire has them moving, <laughs> um, doing more, living less, and you're kind of deceiving yourself into believing that you're actually making progress, right? Productive are things you do that are always getting closer to your goals, Everything else is just busy work, right? And true growth and success and whatever you're trying to do is always sustainable. We just got to build the system to see that and trust in the system. Realize that this isn't a short sprint. You know, um, if we were just sprinting, you know, we're going to have that inevitable physical, mental, and emotional crash. And I used to always have that. It would just be like bust my butt all day and then just come home and crash. <laughs> um, turn to numbing agents like TV or alcohol or whatever it is just to like relax and recover. And it's not really the most healthy ways to recover. Remember that all goals are means. They're not ends, right? Each succeeding stage of your progression should clearly build upon one another, Okay. You want to be left stronger and more able, not weaker and permanently damaged. And one way to do that is to make sure you're making space to recover. And that way, every day, you have this time to rebuild and actually grow rather than just staying stuck, right? And again, in order to do this, to grow and develop sustainably for the rest of your life, we have to properly recover from a few things on a daily basis. So these six things that I make space for always to recover from every day is, is recover from work, recover from technology, recover from people, recover from food, recover from fitness, and recover from just being awake, right? Because listen, unless you adequately recover in these areas, your life is a mess. And really by really adequately recovering, 
you'll be empowered and be more fully engaged in all these activities that you undertake, right? Recovery is an essential part of success in all areas of your life. So the first one, recovering from work. This concept of overcommitment is actually a very heavily studied concept in psychology, and it happens when you have this inflated perception of work demands, when you see your own ability to handle those demands as far superior to your less involved colleagues, right? Overcommitment, super common. We all like think we need to be doing more, need to be doing more. And so one way to deal with this is to be setting proper and healthy boundaries upon yourself, right? If you're not, then you're not living a sustainable lifestyle unless you create a healthy boundaries with your work, similar with your health relationships. You know, you don't want that stuff to be compromised. We need boundaries. So in the concept of work, recovery is the process of reducing or even eliminating that psychological strain and stress caused by work, okay? And one of the best ways to recover one of these strategies, and it's getting a lot of attention in recent research, is, again, the psychological detachment from work, okay? This true detachment occurs when you completely refrain from work-related activities during your non-work time. And again, I talk a lot about this in the previous episode. Go back and check it out. It's really important to have a routine to shut things down so when you go home from work, you don't bring any work home with you. Not even in the sense of emailing, but even in your thoughts or ruminating or worrying about tomorrow's to-do list. And it's interesting because so few people do this. You know, most people are always available to their email and to their work. And, you know, I'd even like say myself and many millennials are the worst. We often are like, I used to wear this openness and always of being available as a badge of honor, but it's really not. I was not setting boundaries and it led to lots of stress and anxiety. Um, the likelihood of experiencing some form of depression are actually dramatically increased if you don't properly detach from work. Okay. Also, if you don't unplug, you're going to lack engagement at home. So, you know, both sides can kind of suffer there. Uh, You probably won't have the quality interactions and closeness with your kids or your spouse or your friends. It's just not a very healthy cycle. Um, When you're at work, it's okay to be fully absorbed. When it's time to call it a day, we need to completely detach yourself from work and be open to being absorbed in other areas of your life, right? So again, this comes with setting clear boundaries, expectations with yourself and others, And if you set things up clearly, people at work are going to respect that when you're away, you're not available, except maybe in a case of an emergency. So how did I do this? Because I worked in a very high demanding job for for quite a few years here. And I just found that I had to retrain people. Um, For one, I took all the notifications off my text. So I don't even get a ding if a text message comes to me. It's too distracting. I just make a case to check my messages. My family and anybody that really needs to get a hold of me, even from a work setting, knows that if it's urgent, they just need to call me. Because my phone will always ring, but I'm not going to get things from text messages. The other part of that is recognizing, especially as a pandemic hit, a lot of people were kind of working later. You know, I had a lot of other parents and colleagues, and so we were all home, like homeschooling our kids, and then be working later at night. And that's okay. But just because an email came through late at night... I had to really set boundaries about replying to that. I would not reply to it. 
And that way there was never that expectation, you know, and usually there was no expectation from bosses. I just felt like that anxiety, oh my God, they sent this, let me deal with it and get it off my plate. But setting up boundaries is really, really healthy and important to do there. Um, second part of, you know, another big part of recovering, not just from work, but the second item I'd say on this list of six is to recover from technology, right? Because in our technology overwhelmed world, the only way to properly recovery from work is to set healthy boundaries on your technology. Now, I actually just shared some examples about that with notifications and how to manage, you know, your email and, and such like that. But this also kind of comes down to just that impulse of picking up your phone, right? Smartphone addiction is reflected in impulsive behavior, withdrawals and impaired functioning. Like it's, it's a real thing. It's a real issue. I talked to so many people that are working on this specific um, issue and it's part of this greater sense of needing to recover from technology. Um, the triggers in your environment are going to directly influence your behavior. So like, for example, if you have a TV in your bedroom, your sleep is going to suffer. If you use your smartphone, like right before you go to bed, your sleep is going to suffer. If you check your smartphone immediately upon waking up, your engagement in the rest of your day is that really does suffer. And trust me, I've seen this with so many people. One of the first things I like to do with clients that I start working on is, is teaching them routines and habits to distance from their phone to go a period of time in the morning and evening before bed and really set boundaries about screens in general. Uh, it has so many impacts on not just the melatonin release in the body, but also just in your mindset and stimulation and what you're looking at and how to get proper sleep. And, you know, very similar to work, proper boundaries must, must be set on technology, especially cell phones and smartphones if you want to live an optimal life. You just really need to make some time to recover from your technology. Uh, many of the world's most successful people actually avoid checking their cell phone, email, or social media for several hours after they've woken up. And instead, they engage in creative work, physical exercise, strategic planning, and goal setting, and spending time with loved ones. I think one of the most powerful parts of my routine and some of the best impact I get out of it is it is keeping me busy and keeping me from picking up the phone, from looking at emails, um, from really just even doing much of anything on a screen with an exception is I still do guided meditations and it, it took a while, but I've been able to discipline myself like, oh, I pick up my phone with headphones and I just do the meditation. I'm really good right after it of putting it down and walking away. So, you know, in order to recover from technology, it's, it's pretty important to set a time at night when you're done with your smartphone, when you're done with social media, you're done with email, right? If it's work stuff, you should be done with email after you've set your work boundaries, right? And you can create other boundaries on technology as well, just so you can kind of more deeply engage in your relationships and other areas in life in the real world. Like we're playing this with this at home right now i have two younger boys one of them now has a smartphone and it's actually a blessing in disguise for me to bring more awareness of when we're sitting around just on our phones and not engaging with each other and i've been playing with this idea and it's a bit hard to implement but we're looking for like cell phone free zones and or times like when is it not okay for us just to have the phones? When is it okay? Maybe we need to remove ourselves from this one room 
to go beyond the phone and set boundaries on that. And I don't have all the answers here. It looks different for everybody. Just be mindful that technology, not just phones, but screens in general, is something we need to put some intention toward recovering, okay? Um, the third area, you know, what I'll, I'll probably do is I'll go through these first three and then we'll cover four, five, and six in, in the next episode. So to keep for, for lack of time here, let's just dive into the third one and, and we'll go with that. But the third thing we need to recover from is people, okay? Time alone is really essential to get away and contemplate, to think and wonder, okay? Just as you need recovery from work and technology, you also need some healthy recovery from people. Even if it's just 20 minutes, 15 minutes, or up to an hour every day, you just need some time to think and reflect, ponder, and plan. And Think about when in your day you can make that happen. Again, this is where I really love the morning routine because I can get up two hours before anybody else gets up in my house, and that's me time. It's time for me to recover for people because once the kids get up, they need the attention. Got to get them out the door for school. Um, from that, I spend all day interacting with people on all different kinds of platforms, in person and online, reading and writing. And I just, that time in the morning is like one of the key opportunities for me to recover from people. And again, some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs purposely schedule time to be by themselves right? Um, there's this great example of uh, Sarah Blakey, and she is a founder of the company Spanx. Uh, she actually drives a 40-minute commute to work, despite only living five minutes from work, okay? She does this to give herself time to think. Um, other people literally schedule like these 60-minute power hours in the middle of the day just to think creatively and strategically where they can be alone and have that time. And you know what? This isn't about being introverted or extroverted. You know, it might be easy for one or the other to recover from people and make time. But recognize that we all need time with people and we all need time alone. And if you're not getting at least 20 or 30 minutes of non-distracted alone time to think like big picture or even specifically, like you're not living optimally. And I'll put this caveat in there too, because of that need to like have some undistracted think time, this isn't really TV time. I'd say this isn't even like podcast or reading time. I think some of this is just like being, maybe writing, maybe journaling, maybe meditating, but just being, because the thing with TV and even some podcasts, you get hung up as being in other people's worlds and feeling other people's emotions. And that's not the way to really recover from people. You want to come in and with yourself. So that's as far as I'm going to go today. That was three things we need to recover from. Um, tune into the next episode here and we'll go into number four, five, and six recovery from food, from fitness, and from being awake. I hope you guys are getting some value from this. Remember, it's all about making time to recover. Go ahead and think about what actions you could take today to bring more time to recover from work, to recover from technology, and maybe one thing you can do to recover from people. One hint I can give you to that. Well, we talked about, you know, a, a having well-defined work hours and a shutdown routine for work, but the recover from technology and recover from people can happen at the same time. 
And maybe this just looks like getting up a little earlier in the morning to make space for yourself. Whatever that looks like, I know you can do it. So have a beautiful day. If you like this stuff, please check us out online. We're on Instagram at Work Life Mindset. Lots of tips and tools to take control of your day and become the highest version of yourself. We're Facebook, Christopher Stinson, and on the web, worklifemindset.com. Have a beautiful day, everybody.